Hello, and welcome to another edition of Park at Home, uh, a Park Church video worship experience. My name is Michael Carlson, and I, I'm so glad you're joining us wherever you're joining from, at home, in your car, whenever you're tuning in. I'm so glad that you're able to be here with us. You know, there, there's been a lot of research done in recent years on the science of happiness. And uh, Martin Seligman, one of, the, uh, one of the globally renowned psychologists, kind of at the forefront of some of this work, he, he said this in a TV interview a few years ago. He said, the single strength that correlates the most with happiness is gratitude. Grateful people are naturally happy. Again, the, the single strength that correlates the most with happiness is gratitude. Grateful people are naturally happy. Now, the findings of researchers like Martin Seligman uh, and, and others simply affirm something that, that has been at the core of the biblical story, the core of the central message of, of Christianity for thousands of years. And it's this, giving thanks to God is one of the ways, one of the most powerful ways that God refreshes and renews our souls and draws us closer to him. Uh, we, we are right now in the midst of a series called Drawing Near, moving closer to God while far from others. And, and our hope is that in the midst of this series, while we are still far from others, that we would find ways to draw near to God. And, and to help us do this, what we're doing is over the course of seven weeks, we're looking at seven different Psalms from the Old Testament book of Psalms. We're looking at seven different prayers, poems, and songs that were written to God thousands of years ago. And, and we're not just looking at seven Psalms, but we're looking at seven different types, seven different genres of Psalms. And the idea is that each one of these genres of psalms uh, invite us to talk to God in a slightly different way, invite us to a different way of praying, each of which has the capacity to draw us near to God. It's as, it's as if uh, our prayer life was like a, like a symphony. Uh, and, and each of these different ways of praying is like an instrument. And you put them all together and they form this beautiful performance of prayer in, in our walk, in our life with God. And, and a few weeks ago, we began with a psalm of praise, Psalm 100. And we explored this question of, of why is the God whom we encounter in the Bible worthy of our joyful worship, worthy of our shouts of praise? And then, and then last week, we, we went to the other end of the emotional spectrum and we looked at Psalm 22, which is often classified as a psalm of lament. The first few verses begin with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and we explored this wonderfully paradoxical and yet beautiful question of why, why would God welcome our prayers of lament? Why, why does God invite us to come to him 
with all of our pain and all of our sorrow. Well, this morning, uh, we are jumping back to the other end of the emotional spectrum, and we are looking at Psalm 107, which is a psalm of thanksgiving. If it's true that God in some way refreshes our soul through thanksgiving, that, that when we give thanks to God, he in some way meets us and, and draws us near to himself and shares his life with us, then it's worth asking the question, like how, how are we to give thanks to God in a time like this? How, how are we to be thankful in the midst of a pandemic? I, I was just reminded rather tragically recently that, that there are many people for whom uh, a very dark season in life because of this pandemic has become even darker. How, how do we give thanks in the midst of a time such as this? This, this is the question I want us to wrestle with this morning. And, and I want to suggest that there, there are two very important things that we can learn from Psalm 107. Two very important things as we, as we consider and, and look at Psalm 107. And, and the first is this, giving thanks to God, first and foremost, is something that we do, not something that we feel. Look at the way the psalmist begins in Psalm 107, verse 1. The psalmist says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Now, the psalmist gives a command. This, the psalmist says, Give thanks to the Lord. Grammatically speaking, we would say that this, this idea of giving thanks is in the, in the imperative mood. It's not a suggestion, it's not a question. It's a command. And, and this is why you notice the psalmist doesn't say, feel grateful or, or feel gratitude in your heart for God. No, the, the psalmist says, give thanks. Giving thanks to God is first and foremost something that we do. It's not something that we feel. And, and obviously, gratitude is something that we feel. And, and yet, the command here is not to feel grateful, which means it's something that, that we can do even when we don't feel it. Now, now, I can hear right now someone thinking, well, wait a second. So, are you saying that we're supposed to give thanks to God even when we're not feeling grateful? Isn't that, isn't that inauthentic? Isn't that dishonest in some way? Uh, isn't that... Uh, not being true to ourselves? And, and I, I understand that question, but the answer is n no. That's not inauthentic at all. We, we do all day long, we, we do things all the time that, that are not driven by our feelings, but that we do because it's healthy or because it's right or, or because it's appropriate. I mean, none of us are, are driven wholly and fully by simply how we are feeling in the moment. Uh, and if we are, then that's, 
that's we would call a sign of immaturity. I mean, imagine if you only brushed your teeth when you felt like it. If you did that, then I imagine that your dental bill would, would start to increase. Uh, sometimes I try to go that route, and if it wasn't for my wife, who reminds me at times, uh, we would be paying much more in our dental bills, right? We, we all do things every day, not because, not because we have the feeling within our heart to do them, but because we know that this is a habit that's actually healthy, that's actually good. And so we, we live this way, and it's, it's the same way with thanksgiving, with giving thanks to God. Uh, and and it's, not, it's not that feelings are irrelevant. It's not that our feelings don't matter. But when it comes to Thanksgiving, and this is, this is part of what's coming out of a lot of the research on happiness right now, uh, is that feelings often follow our behavior. And so giving thanks is something that we do. It's not something that we feel, although feelings will often follow. Uh, this, this is the case often. I just had an experience like this just a few weeks ago. I, I was sitting around the dinner table with my wife, Sina, and my two kids, Esther and Daniel. And, and let, let's just say that uh, our time together began to go south, right? There was the refusal to eat. Uh, there began to be some grumbling, some complaining, there was a lot of up and down, up and down, like laying on the chair, turning upside down. And all of that was just Cena. I have no idea if anyone laughed at that joke right now. That's part of the problem of this. Um, but for the record, that was a joke. The behavior of my kids was, was starting to, I, I could sense, frustrate and Cena. And again, things were starting to go south. So, so this is what I did. I thought, okay, I need to do something to change what's happening right now. And so I said, okay, everyone stop. Everyone stop right now. And I looked at our kids and I said, we're going to play a game, which of course perked them up. And I said, Here, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I, I want each of us to take turns saying one thing that we love and are thankful for about mom. And, uh, and I said, and I'll start. And I said, I, I love that mom cooks meals, cooks food for us that's both delicious and healthy. Because as we all know, those two things don't always go together. And yet, and yet mom always cooks food that's just both really delicious and healthy. And I'm really thankful for that. And I said, okay, Esther, your turn. Esther thought about it, and she said, oh, I know. She said, I, I love that mom plays with me all day. And I, I looked at Sina, and I could tell, like, like that was really meaningful. And, uh, and that, that was moving. And, and, and then Daniel also was noticing what was happening and saw the way that Sina reacted. And he said, oh, well, well I love... I love that Moa puts me to bed at night and reads me lots of books. And then, and then Esther jumped back in. She's like, well, I love, and I said, oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, now let's move to Daniel. What are we thankful for about Daniel? What do we love about Daniel? And we went around the circle, and Esther's like, okay, now it's my turn, right? And, and all because, 
all of this happened, this, this change in the entire atmosphere of our dinner time took place because of what we did. It, it did not start with a feeling of gratitude. It started with us making the decision to give thanks. Right? And this is the same thing in our relationship with God. Uh, giving thanks to God is something that we do. And, and what we will find as we practice this, and what the people of God throughout history have, has found, is that as giving thanks becomes a habitual language with which we speak to God, it has transformative power. It does. G giving thanks to God is something that we do. But, but there's one other thing, one other thing about giving thanks to God that's worth pointing out in this psalm, and it's this, that giving thanks to God is, is something that we do in response to what God has done. There's this clear pattern in, in Psalm 107 that's beautiful. Again, it begins with this command, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And then the psalmist says this, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And, and this word redeemed is a very important word throughout the whole Bible, to redeem. We hear the word redeem today and we think that's something that we do with a coupon, which may be exciting to some. It, it actually is exciting to me every time I get to use a coupon. And yet in the Bible, this word was so much more profound. This word had to do with, with freeing someone from slavery. And so if, if you were to free someone from slavery you, uh, by either buying their freedom in some way, paying for or earning this person's freedom, they, they went from, from oppression within slavery. They went from slavery, uh, bondage, to being free. That process was called redemption. You redeemed a slave and liberated them from slavery. And so, so for the historic people of God, the, the, the Jewish people, when they, when they were rescued, when God rescued them from slavery in Egypt, this idea of redemption became the dominant metaphor to help them understand what God had done. He had liberated them from bondage to slavery into a new life with him, new purpose, new vocation to be his people and to carry out his purposes in the world. And so this, this word redeem is this beautiful and important word in the Bible. And, and the psalmist says, let the redeemed, those who have experienced God's rescue and his salvation and his deliverance, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And then the whole rest of Psalm 107 comprises snippets of stories of redemption. And it's beautiful. The psalmist talks about those who, who were oppressed homeless, immigrants, hungry, thirsty. He talks about those who, who were running away from God and therefore imprisoned, riddled with guilt and shame in need of God's forgiveness. He, he talked about those who, who rejected God and who therefore found themselves in such a dark place that they despaired of life itself. They stopped eating. 
He, he talked about those who, who found themselves in very dangerous situations, even on a ship in, in the midst of a storm about to die. And so the psalmist tells these people's stories and then systematically, regularly throughout, interspersed throughout these stories, the psalmist then says, then they cried out to the Lord and he delivered them. More stories. Then he cried out to the, they cried out to the Lord and he saved them. More stories. Then they cried out to the Lord and he brought them out of distress. And with each one of these, each one of these uh, collection of stories ends with this. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Do you, do you see this pattern? The psalmist begins with, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And then he says, let's listen to the stories of the redeemed. Let, let, the, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their stories. And then, and then we hear stories of people who were homeless and hungry and thirsty and enslaved and riddled with guilt and shame, running away from God in danger. And then we hear about how God rescued them, how God saved them, how God liberated them, how God redeemed them. And in e after each of these collection of stories, we find the psalmist saying, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Now, did you notice that time and time again in this psalm, the, the act of thanksgiving is a direct result of reflection upon what God has done. This is the pattern that we see. The, the people cry out, the redeemed of the Lord cry out for help, right? And then, and then they tell of how God has rescued them, saved them, delivered them, liberated them in some way. And then they give thanks to God. This is the pattern. Giving thanks to God is something we do as a response to what God has done. And as, as followers of Jesus, uh, according to the gospel, which is the, the good news about Jesus, there's one thing, one thing that God has done, one, one great act of rescue, great act of salvation, of liberation that, that stands above all, all else. And it's what he's done through his son, Jesus, particularly through his death and his resurrection for the rescue and renewal of the whole world. See, at the center of the biblical story, the, the good news about Jesus is that in his life and his death and his resurrection that, that God has done something. He's done something to provide forgiveness of sins for all people, to, to reconcile all people to himself, anyone who would turn to him for life, to, to offer new life in his spirit, the, the hope of eternity in the new creation with him. The whole biblical story culminates in this one, this one thing 
that God has done through his son Jesus because of his great love for the world. And here's why this is so powerful. When you have a community of people who, who have centered their lives around Jesus, who have encountered his grace and his forgiveness and the life that he offers us, and, and, therefore, and therefore view their entire lives as a comprehensive response of gratitude to what God has done in and through Jesus, then what you have is a community of people who are able, even in the midst of times such as this, even in the midst of a pandemic, you have a people who are able to look around in the situation in which they find themselves and in big ways and in small ways, give thanks to God. You have a people who are able to to see life differently, a people who, who are able to look around and, and notice things that might not otherwise be noticed because you have a people who have trained themselves in the art of thanksgiving. And, and if you're wondering like, okay, but what does it actually look like for a community of people to, to give thanks to God during a time like this? during a pandemic? Like, what, what does that actually look like? Uh, well, that's a great question. And in fact, it's such a good question, I'd, I'd like to show you what that looks like. It looks like this. Go! Thank you, God, for a beautiful sky. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for books. Thank you, God, for keeping my family healthy. I am thankful to God for... Zoom. God, thank you that I get to live near my cousins. God, thank you for a backyard, especially for the kids. Thank you, God, for the sun. I'm thankful for takeout Tuesdays. God, thank you that we can have dinner as a family together in this time. God, thank you for the gift. Lord, I'm really thankful for all the extra time to do things that so often just get put off or ignored. God, thank you for dinners together as a family. I'm thankful that the parks are reopening this Saturday. Thank you, God, for my patient teachers. Thank you, God, for kids with active imaginations. Even when it means I have a very happy house. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit, without which I wouldn't have the power to forgive others or ask for forgiveness myself. Thank you, God, that I have such a wonderful family. God, thank you that during this crazy time, I get to be around my family. I really love them and I'm very thankful for them. I'm thankful for one-on-one -on -one basketball with my son. I'm thankful for more time to play basketball. God, I am so thankful for the time with my little ones. Thank you for days with minimal temper tantrums and days where the sun actually shines. God, I thank you for time. Time, time wasted can be our biggest enemy, but time well used can be our most valuable asset. Thank you for more time with my kids. 
God, thank you for times of laughter and for creative people who come up with solutions for the challenges that we are facing. God, thank you for the extra time to have sleep and for the extra time with my wife. Thank you that this is happening at the beginning of spring so that we have some warm, sunny days Thank you, God, for Google Classroom and Google Voice so I can connect with my students. And thank goodness for this stroller. I'm grateful that even though the boardwalk is closed, the ocean is open and it declares the glory of God. Thank you, God, for new friends. Thank you, God, that your love keeps on keeping on. Thank you, God, for extra time with my kids, even when it means Play-Doh everywhere. And Wasn't that awesome? It, see, it, it really is true that God, God refreshes our soul through thanksgiving. That when we give thanks to him, that when we practice the art of gratitude, that God meets us and that he draws us near. And it helps when we remember that, that giving thanks to God is something that we do, not first and foremost something that we feel, although feelings may follow, and, and that it's something that we do in response to what God has done. I want to end this morning with a challenge, and, and this is a challenge for anyone who happens to be watching. I want to challenge you to find some way this week to give thanks to God, whether it means setting aside time uh, to pray and to say, God, th I just want to thank you for this, and to think through what, what are you thankful for? Uh, or getting a piece of paper one day and, and just writing out things I'm thankful to God for and, and write them all out. And, and maybe, maybe you're listening and, and you don't even know what you think about God. Maybe, maybe you're a skeptic and, and someone just sent you this link and you're watching it. And if, if that's the case, first of all, welcome. We are so glad that you are joining us. Uh, but I, this challenge, this encouragement is for you too. Maybe you take out a piece of paper and at the top of it you write, okay, if God does exist, then these are the things I would be grateful for. These are the things I would thank him for. And, and, and just start writing. Like whatever your story, wherever you find yourself, find some way to give thanks to God this week. And now I'd like to begin that process by praying and giving thanks to God. Would, would you join me? Father, you are the giver of all good things. You, you are the creator, sustainer, and redeemer of all life. And therefore, we, we know and we believe that, that anything good that we experience is a gift from you. You have done and are doing and will continue to do good and beautiful things, things that display your love. Thank you. Thank you for even right now, the ways that in the midst of, of what for so many is such a dark time, thank you for the glimmers of hope and grace and healing and peace and joy that, that you give us. 
Father, above all things, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, and for the life that we have in and through him. Uh, we love you and we thank you for who you are, for what you've done to rescue and renew your world. And we pray, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, and we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.